Welcome to Mirth and Misadventure, a D&D actual play podcast where our heroes have no idea what they're doing, or even who they are. Last time on Mirth and Misadventure. I, I like the motion of your ocean there, gelatinous cube. I'm, I'm gonna keep singing my song of Bane, be like, then you have my permission to die. I don't know what my hit points are. Okay, so you're not going to tell me what I'm currently at. <laughs> no, that, I didn't do okay. that for anybody else. I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that until somebody with some kind of thunder wave knocks you out. So that's 25. So I've, I've got 26 hit points. Well, math. Sorry, Katrin. I hope this doesn't hurt. And I'm going to grab her trunk and try and pull her out by the part that's sticking out. It explodes like it has been left in the sun too long, and just splatters ooze everywhere. You also find a strange purple stone, and no one else notices this. It's not really a rune, but it's a word, and you don't know why, but you know that it means dimension. You guys can't read this? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming I can't? And I think he's just very deeply thinking about that guy in all of the carvings. You remember your mom telling you stories about a knight, Tordreg Drakeblade. What blocks the passage is a massive set of stone doors with elaborate metal handles that have been patinaed with age. Detect magic is a spell that I can prepare. And honestly, as you're casting it, the door basically lights up in your vision. Now I think we need to get the advisor. Yeah, that sounds about right. With your dungeon master, Carolyn Wilkie. I will level you guys if it kills me or you. Alex as Kenji the Dwarf. What if Mr. Rogers was kind of a bro? Marin as Katrin the Luxodon. My character is basically Eeyore with an impulse control problem. Babs as Aaron the Half-Elf. And kids, this is why you take your pants off as soon as they're soaked. You've got to fight the damn. So did I find an infinity stone? And if so, which one? Well, it's the well, purple it was one. Purple. <laughs> so the power stone. Yeah. No, I would never give level three characters the power stone. So that's like a level four thing. <laughs> <laughs> you all begin your trudge back up the tunnels towards the surface again, but before you can even get too far. There's a weird sound, almost like the clearing of the throat. The sound, it seems, is coming from Aaron's pocket. Uh. uh <laughs> what's in your pocket? Uh, I'm gonna start 
taking stuff out of my pockets, and I'm gonna start with that stone, because, you know, that was the last thing to go into my pocket. Um, take it out and kind of, like, hold my ear up to it and see if it's the thing that's making nope, noise. nothing. Nothing? Okay. Uh, no. let's see. Hold on. Let me check what else I have in my pockets. Okay. <coughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm pulling out the, um, the two-headed coin. So, you pull out the coin, and you hear that <coughs> one more time. And you flip it over to see that the mask face has animated. Or, at least, the mouth has. Oh my god, what was in that gelatinous cube? (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) You hear the clearing of the throat one more time, and the mouth begins to speak. Come one, come all. It's time for a ball. Or is it a brawl? Come in disguise to claim your prize. 10 p.m. on the morrow to see who wears the mask of joy or sorrow. Wish to learn where? Follow the coin if you dare. And then it falls silent again. Ah. I hope somebody else is paying attention because I've already forgotten what it said. (laughs) Well, I think it was a party invite. I'm just so glad that you guys heard that too, because I was deeply concerned for a moment there. <laughs> no, I definitely heard it. You just didn't, you know, listen to it. And I, I mean, <laughs> it's really in one ear and out the other now, isn't it? And you do have awfully large ears. They're so big, stuff just falls out of them. That makes sense. <laughs> and I listened to it, but I didn't understand it. I'm up for this party and these masks, but I'm not quite sure how we're going to follow the coin. Yeah, anytime I can get free food, I'm down. So, uh, yeah, how do we follow? I, do I throw it? Okay, hold on. I'm going to kind of flip the coin. See what happens. Just sort of, you know, like flick it up as if to mm-hmm. do a normal coin flip and see if the coin behaves like a normal coin or... As far as you can tell, it is currently behaving like a normal coin. Okay. Look, let's... We're... Hmm. 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 It's not like, you know, nudging off into any particular direction. It's just straight up and down when I flick it. Yep. Okay. Okay. It's currently behaving like a normal coin. Okay. The mouth has stopped moving. You hear no noise from it. It's weighted a little bit wrong you can kind of tell because you uh may have you you have some experience in double-headed coins (laughs) okay um but yeah no it's it's i mean it's way it's definitely it has fallen still hey coin bro that sounds great but like any more details on that the coin bro is silent oh man come on coin bro don't leave a bro hanging well, I mean, I guess we've got plans tomorrow night then. Wait, do I have a shift that I'm working tomorrow night at the place? Uh, no, you would have a shift tonight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, cool. So let's make a note of that. I need to, like, set up a G-Cal for Aaron here and just basically be <laughs> like, what nights am I busy? Um, and then... Make sure that you share with us, too. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll share it with you. 
just, just how are you planning on sharing your calendar? I'm gonna just like write with down. my phone, dude. <laughs> I'm just gonna write it down. I mean, don't we have Trinstagram? I'm just no. I'm just <laughs> kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke for people who listen to NADPod. Uh, um. So, okay, okay. So let's let's continue heading up to the surface. Let's see if the coin maybe speaks up again. But we should we should definitely go find that overseer dude. The advisor. Yeah, advisor. That's what I was looking. That guy. Well, I wasn't quite sure if that's what you meant because Melva's the supervisor, or like, uh, so. No, I. Sure. Yeah, the dude who's got the fancy necklace that probably opens the door. The over supervisor. Over supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So as you climb, um, at, if you remember, it took you several hours to descend as far as you are. And as you climb, it you go another hour, and again, you kind of see um, all of the carvings along the walls. It's, you know, very much like it was the first time, but in reverse. <laughs> but you also start hearing some noises. Scraping and clanking. I don't like it. Everyone make a perception check. 16. Mm. Uh, I rolled a 16 plus nothing, I think. Yeah, plus nothing, 16. I have a cumulative 20. Okay. Well, you all realize, you kind of like pause in your tracks and listen because you're a little, uh, you know, wary at this point. There was a cube last time. But you realize it's the sound of voices. And Katrin, you, with your 20, you kind of like catch on some rubble and you fall a little bit, uh, landing on your knees by one of the cracks that makes its way across the floor. And you realize the crack isn't straight. Like it's not a straight line that bisects this this, um, hall. It bows outward away from you. And it's not the first one, thinking back on it, that you've seen like this. It looks a little unnatural, like a earthquake wouldn't have done this. Okay, if I look into the crack, can I see anything? Uh, no, it's pretty short. Like, it's it's not deep. Oh, it's um, not a deep crack. I mean, it, like, <laughs> the crack itself is deep, but it's not wide, I should say. That's what and... she said. They're just going to get <laughs> that out you. of the way. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, it's not the size that matters in the crack. It's, it's not the size of the crack it. that matters. It's how low your pants are riding over it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But no, you can't really see down it. It's only about, I would say, two inches wide. Um, and uh, so clearly it gets pretty dark and tight pretty quickly. <laughs> and that was all you. Mirth and Misadventure, yeah. a very mature podcast. We are the most mature. <laughs> Listen, I feel like they know what they are in for, considering I have multiple times described this podcast as D&D meets The Hangover. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, that's true. 
do we hear anything coming out of the crack? Or is like, <laughs> I know, Kyle, uh, okay. is there something else I can call it that would make you not laugh every time I say it? I'm sorry, I'll mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Baz is having to put herself in timeout because she can't stop laughing at crack. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Crack, uh, crack, 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 crack. Crackity, crack, crack. <laughs> oh my god, I'm muting myself for real. <laughs> Nothing but cracks up in this bitch. This is the kind of humor that only comes from an expert bard. Only the ones that control it. <laughs> yes, the College of Satire teaches you such mature jokes as teehee, crack. <laughs> That what's funny is that three of us have played a bard and or are currently playing a bard and I love it. So yes. <laughs> uh the three of us who are laughing while Alex just sits there and is like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I think that's the highest perception role that Kenji has ever had. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. The Seventeen minus one. <laughs> so, I'm very proud don't of you, Kenji. Many of those. I, yeah, no, I'm very proud of you. So to answer my perfectly reasonable, unfunny question. Uh, no, you do not hear the voices coming from the crevice. The fissure in the stone? Yeah, the break. The break in the stone. Okay. Um, You don't hear any voices coming from that. It does feel like they are coming from directly. Hang on, I'm going to take that again because my timer for my washing machine was going off. Okay. Uh. You, it does feel like they are coming from directly. God damn it, I burped. Oh my God. You never know where the voices are coming from. (laughs) They've been inside you all along. (laughs) It does feel like they're coming from directly uh, uh, up the tunnel. Okay, so ahead of us. Ahead of you guys. Okay. All right, well, I've noticed some weird things about these fissures in the stone, but there's nothing else to know about them, so let's keep going. Bye! I don't know why I said bye there. Because I'm laughing too much at fissures. I can't. I wasn't going to use the word crack again. I know, but now I've equated the two. Fisher is a new name. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, oh, God, I love it. All right. Uh, so, do you guys keep climb? Do you keep going, or what? What are you guys planning on doing here? I think maybe you know I can try and get a better look at it. And Kenji, you know, well, let's see. Kenji has crack. that pickaxe, so you know, should we take a couple of swings at this, see if we can get a better look at what's going on inside this? Strange yes. formation in the rock. Let's break the floor. That's a great idea. Well, we could stand on this side of it first. <laughs> just, just a piece of the floor. Notice I'm not saying no. Uh, wait. So what? Are we, sorry. Say that again. What are you? What are you trying to determine? Just like take a couple of swings with the pickaxe and see if we can like widen this, get a better look down below or anything there. I mean, okay. There, I have an alternative to that. Uh, I can turn into animal shapes. And spiders have dark vision. (laughs) So I could turn into a spider and crawl into the fissure and see if I see anything. Go explore the crack, Katrin. I can explore the crack before we try to hit it with a pickaxe and potentially 
have something terrible happen. That works for me. As long as you're sure that as an elephant person, you're not frightened of yourself, should you turn into a spider? No, it's my the mice. Oh, okay, it's mice. Then we're good. All righty. Yeah. Then all set. Okay, so Carol and I do that thing. (laughs) Okay, cool. So you crawl down into the fissure, and you are crawling for quite a while since, you know, spiders aren't necessarily the fast, little spiders aren't necessarily the fastest of creatures. Well, I didn't think a big spider would fit, so. You would be correct. You were correct. Um, Go ahead and make a perception check for me as said spider. Does the um, spider get a bonus because of all the eyes, or? I get to keep my perception, so. Yeah. Um, I rolled, with that in mind, I rolled a 15. Okay. So, with a 15, you realize that this particular fissure keeps going, it goes pretty far down. You'd say, you have gone at least 10 feet at this point, but you do find kind of a side crack and it takes you up through like you so you take a left and you explore that a little bit and then you are like okay maybe i should go up and you come up out another one and what you get kind of piecing things together you came out out like another crack behind your party what you kind of get but piecing things together from the first time that you saw it and the strange almost uh, arc of the fissure cutting across the floor with the spider webby kind of offshoots that you saw as an actual spider. It looks like something radiated out from a singular point. And that's what caused all of these, most of these cracks that you have seen. Can I, do I have any idea as to whether or not the point is above or below me? Um, Because if they're radiating out, they would be more concentrated in the area where it originates. Correct. Um, You remember that you saw more cracks towards the door that you had come from? They, They got worse. Okay, so the door that we couldn't open. Right. Okay. So you might, you have the inkling that whatever caused this was behind the door. Okay. Okay. But you don't know exactly where the origin point is. Okay. So I have to spend a lot of time looking for it. And I don't probably have that kind of time because I can only hold this shape for an hour. And Lord help us all if I reshape into an elephant person while stuck in a fissure. Uh, (laughs) I would just be squished and die. So I turn, I climb out of the crack and I turn back into an elephant person and I relay all of that information to my friends. But just assuming I did it, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, how long would you say you explored? Uh, I mean, I don't know how long it takes a spider to crawl ten feet, but I, I mean, I would, I would say if I'm doing it, I would use up the entire hour. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Uh, so then, as you see Katrin reform behind you into a normal elephant person, and uh, Aaron and, and Kenji, go ahead and just give me a perception check to see if you notice her. Uh, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Thirteen. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Wait, can I roll a stealth check now? You may. You may, in fact. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to instinctively stomp on a spider, and this campaign's going to go very poorly. Oh no! Oh no! I'm I'm myself again. I'm not a spider still. 
Um, I could cast Pasture without a trace on myself, but I don't want to use up a spell slot, so I'm not going <laughs> to. I just think it would be funny if I did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 18. <laughs> Katrin, they don't seem to notice you. So there I was, you know, grease up to my elbows, surrounded by empty cartons, and, you know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen after. Oh my god! <laughs> I came up behind them and I goosed both of them. <laughs> <laughs> With my big elephant hands. <laughs> you can probably palm all of Aaron's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's not a very big ass. It's a very dainty ass. <laughs> Which explains why the four person was so excited about it. <laughs> yeah, Melva's there too. I didn't make her roll anything because that's not fun to have NPCs noticing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, great. So you relay all of that. But as you are relaying all of that, you hear the voices who have gotten very loud. And you can actually see... The light of torches in the distance. Hmm. All of a sudden, you hear Genji, Marvin, <laughs> dude, what are you doing down here? Whoa, we got this fucking search party going, and you notice, uh, Marvin, despite being obviously the loudest and broiest of the group, <laughs> is with several people. One of them is a watchman who you recognize as the man who fished you out of a fountain. He's a little bit on the, the, he's on the other side of 40, square jaw, a bit of a paunch. But you remember his friendly smile. Cute in a sort of soft dad sort of way. Yeah, soft dad, here for bad jokes. <laughs> you also recognize his partner who looks a little put out to be there. Uh, kind of uh, lanky, human, young, wet behind the ears, watch named Ronick. And with Marvin, he scowls. How's it going? I go up and I kind of like give him a little nudge on the shoulder with my big elephant fist. He, he stumbles a bit. He's like, yeah, don't call me that. Isn't that your name? Right, like, I thought that was your name. That's what the boys at the house told me. Wait, they told what? They told what? That's the, uh, the other watch guy. Oh. It's not my name. My name's Ronick. Are you sure? I mean, I was told Jeremy. <laughs> boys at the station told me Jeremy. Yeah, I, I oh was pretty sure your name was Jeremy. I mean, it is Jeremy, isn't it? It's Jeremy. Man, I'm really happy that you made this a thing, Carolyn. Thank you so much. <laughs> At one point, I just gave up in my notes and called him Jeremy. This is a fucking gift. <laughs> There's also, kind of hanging back a little bit from the rest of the search party, a well-muscled hulk of a dwarf um, with dark skin and a trim beard. Uh, it's got a little bit patchy on his cheek because he's got a scar. Oh, like a well-heeled scar from a while ago. And compared to his companions, he just looks a little nervous. And, you know, Marvin, like, claps Kenji on the back and he's like, You remember Lucas, right? Yeah, yeah, at the party. Wait, do you? No. Oh. <laughs> I was just checking. I was told there was a Lucas. And, you know. Okay. 
was like, I mean, it's cool if you do, I guess. But can I roll a flashback check to see if Marvin and Kenshi have a special bro handshake they do? Yes, go for it. Please, please roll high. I got a nine. Is that enough? (laughs) If you didn't roll high, just lie about it. Yeah, I mean nineteen. Marvin starts going into a bro handshake, and you're like at least a step behind every single time. Oh, like through the different like slap, slap, up, down, fist bump, wiggle your pinkies. I don't know. I don't know how boys handshake. Honestly, I'm like pinky swears the 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 girl handshake that matters. (laughs) Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Uh, but Luca's kind of like, just, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like nodding along because, and you can kind of like tell he doesn't remember you either. But like, he's, he's, you know, just there because Marvin's like, yeah, I told him my bro Kenji was down here and we had to go find him. They didn't want to come down here with us. In fact, they didn't want us to come down here at all. Dude, you came down here just like to look for us? Well, I mean, I, I was worried about you. And it's not like we're working today. They shut down everything. Is that why you brought the city guard? Well, they wouldn't come, let us come down here without him. Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> he is pointedly ignoring you. Katrin doesn't notice the ignoring. She's just still talking to him like he's listening. <laughs> and then we fought a gelatinous cube. He does actually, like, look a little bit more nervous when you say that. <laughs> yes! <clears throat> Well, so you have met up with the search party. What do you want to do? Is there anything you care about doing right now? Or are you just going to turn around and head for the surface? I mean, do you guys want to tell them about the door we found? And like, because we're still looking for an amulet? Or do we want to keep that to ourselves? I mean, is Melva going to tell them? Melva is a little shell-shocked, but she's definitely like, she's... Focused on getting out and uh, a little, she's not, she tolerates Marvin because he's a hard worker. <laughs> and so she's kind of slipped into that mode. Oh, okay. Um, I, I would say that we should tell them. Yeah, Kenji's um, a sharer. He would tell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we fought this cube and then we got farther in and I don't know what this place is, but it is not a mine. Because we found a door we couldn't get through that requires an amulet. Do you know anything like that? I'm, I've I've never heard of anything like that, and like, uh, Jeremy looks kind of interested for once, and uh, maybe like you guys aren't as dumb as he has previously thought. And uh, Talmak, who's obviously the older kind of like the leader of the search party, is like nodding along, and he's like, "Well, that sounds kind of dangerous to me. Uh, I think, I think we should head for the surface." And maybe get more, I feel, uh, more people would be better down here. Right, and... but we still need this amulet to open the doors. Uh, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, our whole goal was to cut off the Underdark. And if there's a locked door, maybe we leave it locked. I told you about the cracks, right? I mean, I feel like we still... I mean, that's like a problem for spiders, you know? Spiders aren't really gonna... I don't think it's just a problem for spiders. Hmm. 
I mean, yes, I was a spider when I found it. Correct. I just, I feel like we should probably at least look into it a little. Right. Well, let's head for the surface and maybe one of them up there will know what to do. I, I okay. like this plan. So you guys I feel like we're a group keep... of betas just waiting for an alpha to come along and tell us <laughs> where to go and what to do. Is Catherine secretly alt-right? <laughs> no. God, no. I'm, I'm so kidding. <laughs> She's um. secretly into ABO, though. <laughs> Aaron is not secretly into ABO. Wait, in the fact that it's not a secret, or? <laughs> I, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes you another couple hours to get up from the mine, uh, or up to kind of the um, entrance where the cave-in was that you the miners had blown through previous to you even arriving, or as you arrived. And as you emerge from the mine, or such as it is called, it is practically abandoned. So when you arrived, there was a hubbub of activity, people carting rocks here, there, everywhere. The, the hustle and bustle of the previous day has quieted down, and you see just a few watch standing guard. Some of them look nervous. Uh, their gaze glancing from the mine to the road and back again. And some of them look ner- bored. How long were like we down there? You were down there for... Uh, you were gone for quite some time. So it took you several hours to travel down to where you fought the cube. You fought the cube and then you had a full night's rest. And then you had to travel back up. So just looking at the sun, um, you can judge that it's pretty early morning i would say probably close to like seven or or sorry mid-morning so probably close to like nine nine okay. or ten um in fact you the sun is starting to peek over the mountains through the skylight uh though the sky is light uh there is a gasp that pops up from the watch as you emerge and marvine gives a whoop like some sort of conquering hero uh, one of the watch on duty, a human man who looks like he hasn't smiled in decades, frowns and flags down Talmok. You've just missed the advisor. He looked none too happy. And he wants to see you. The lot of you. Uh, um, who? The advisor. The advisor to what? The monarch. <laughs> and Malva just kind of like, She's she's a little nervous at this point. She's more nervous about facing the advisor, who is ostensibly her boss, than she was about the gelatinous cube. Like, she's seen some shit, and shit she can handle. Authority is a little different. And Tomat kind of just like, uh... The advisor? Gosh, he wants to set the castle. Uh, I've never, um... Jeremy, you've ever spoken with the advisor? Not me personally, but I've been. Right, well, lead the way, lad. Uh, come on, you lot. Yeah, we need the go, necklace go anyway, so um, yeah, let's uh, let's. He he had a he had a cool necklace, right? I'm not misremembering that, am I? Ooh. <laughs> I he may 
in fact have several necklaces on, yes. Okay, well, I, I, I seem to remember that was a discussion that we had. Uh, you did remember him being well-clad. Um, he definitely had some necklaces on, um, fine robes, um, white-haired, balding, kind of just looked self-important, chalked self-important. Okay. So do you follow? I mean, Jeremy yeah. knows the way. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, walk next to Melva as we go and just go, Hey, so um, is there anything we should know about this advisor guy before we talk to him? I know he's your boss and all. Um, well, he's proper. Uh, you know, like all rich people are. Is I don't talk to him all that much, but he's impatient. He doesn't like setbacks doesn't like setbacks and he generally in a bad temper so that's where i would say we need to be careful and just make sure he knows we're doing our best best job possible Uh everything's going smooth yeah if there's one adjective i'd use to describe this group it's definitely careful and smooth. The careful comrades, that's, that's what I call the us. The smoothest. Oh, that's a good... We are now the careful comrades. Careful comrades. <laughs> What's funny is that it's so fucking funny, because we are not. <laughs> okay. So we're off to see the wizard. And by wizard, I mean advisor guy. So, heading down towards the town it takes another 20 minutes for all of you with you three and melva and lucas and marveen with jeremy and tomak leading the way to get back to town you enter Varenton from the east but you recognize the road instantly it's the wide boulevard that runs directly through the lower market and past the uh, market square it's the road you took out of town but you are going west. Oh, that's wild. Jeremy leads you confidently through the lower market, and you hang a familiar left to go up through the markup, where you've been several times before. This time, you don't stop at the watch house or veer off to head to the Silken Bell. You continue walking up the street, the castle growing larger and larger in the distance. Eventually, you pass through the gate that takes you into the castle district. It's a proper gate, not like the archway that is the symbolic entrance to the upper market, but one with heavy wood doors that look like they can be closed and secured. Tomak nods to the two guards flanking the gate. They look bored and simply wave you by, though one of them does squint suspiciously at the Luxodon in your party. Hi! In the upper market, the buildings, despite the level of craftsmanship, were still close together, but not here. The houses of the nobles are spread out, each with a beautiful garden, and often they have walls surrounding them. What you can see of the manors themselves is beautiful stonework. Jeremy nods to a wall to your left as you pass by, tan stone about eight feet high with spikes on the top, decorative but still enough to discourage climbing. That's where we found you, Katrin. Why do you sound like a witch? 
Because I can't do a guy with, like, his voice cracking. Oh, okay. That's all. That's where we found you. Oh, God, I can't do it today either. I can't do it when I'm sick, apparently, which is weird. (laughs) Uh, mm, uh, okay. So you say? Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Katrin, go ahead and make, give me a perception check. Uh, 19. Uh, so you see, because you take, you kind of slow up just a little bit to take a, a survey of the alleged scene of the crime. Uh, rising over the wall is a great manor house made of the same tan stone, which has gone pale with age, set well back from the road. It has to be at least three stories high, given the pitch of the roof, with three chimneys that rise even higher great big ones with surprising carved detail upon them you see windows and the sun reflects off of the real glass in each of them you notice tops of well-maintained trees and a wider variety than you would have expected here in the mountains where you mostly saw evergreens on your walk to and from the mine can i do a flashback check and see if i remember why i was here notably though you hear noises Animal noises, the low rumble of a big cat sunning itself, the chatter of many kinds of birds. Oh, I bet you were pulling some animal liberation stuff. I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that I have heard animals, that is probably exactly what I was doing. <laughs> Seems like something you'd do. That does seem like something I would do. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to let you do a flashback check right here, but I will let you do a nature check. Oh, do I know what my nature is? You should, and if you don't, I can tell you. Is it plus two? Hang on. Yeah, that feels low. No, because it's based on intelligence, and my intelligence is ten. Yeah, you are correct. It is a plus two. Yeah, you made me proficient in it, so it's only it's plus two, but... Well, friends... I rolled a nine, so it's only 11. They are definitely birds. And you can pick out that there are many of them. Cool. Is this the Twitter that I hear so much about? (laughs) You also notice a slightly toxic atmosphere around this garden. Um, No, that was a Twitter joke. Not actually true. Oh, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it works both ways, probably. Uh... Am I tall enough to see over the wall, or was I climbing no. it because I couldn't see over? It was. It's eight feet tall, so there's no way you'd see over it. Well, I'm seven and a half feet. What if I took a little hop? <laughs> Go ahead and give me an athletics check. Oh, shit. <sighs> this is just if we're jumping to see how good you jump. I'm going to go so poorly. I, okay, we're getting rid of this die. I rolled another nine, so it's only a ten. <laughs> Uh, you see what you were thought you saw. Like, I mean, you don't see anything. Like, you don't see over the wall when you jump. You do see more tree. Well, that was boring. Uh, Jeremy kind of, like, stops and looks annoyed and, like, waves you on. Uh, Jer- uh, Jeremy, what are all those birds back there? Lord Soros has one of the best menageries in the, in the town. But really, in all of Savaria. Wait, this isn't what Jeremy sounded like before. God, I can't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Jeremy's very hard. You don't understand how hard Jeremy is for me. 
Uh, Jeremy! I don't remember how Jeremy... Like, Jeremy has squeaky voice. That's all I remember is squeaky. Okay. Does, uh, does Lord Saurus have a dinosaur head? Like, as his head. Is he a dino man? Mm. No. Damn. Do you think he's Saurus? <laughs> um... Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, um, how, what kind of laws are in place in this town for animal handling? Well, you can't steal someone else's animal. Is that, is that, is that it? I mean, nobody's making sure they're happy back there or like being taken care of properly? Not placed 18 million to a K? I mean, like, is anybody checking up on them other than Lord Soros? Well, he hosts a lot of parties. Uh, Jeremy, he, you're kind of useless right now. He just kind of, like, glares and shuts up. I mean, that's not really an answer to the question that I had for you, Jeremy. So, like, thanks, uh -oh. but okay, we whatever. We have more important okay. things. Do you know Do how many? Really, Jeremy? There are a bunch of animals back there, and nobody knows what condition they're being kept in. Because apparently, this municipality has no rules about how they're kept. We have so many people with no memory, and so the animals should suffer because of that. Like, we just don't have the resources. Then this this is a new problem. But before that, you still didn't have rules. And how animals are kept. He wouldn't show off his menagerie if people were, if the animals are being treated badly. Wouldn't he, Jeremy? I mean. If there's no rules on how they're kept, how would you know if they're being treated badly or not? If you're not consulting somebody who can ask them. Ugh, you should talk less. I'm so sorry that all of my logic has foiled all of your comebacks. Fine. I don't want to talk to you anyway. Just, I'm just making a note of how much you hate animals is all I'm doing right now. I don't. Nope, we're not talking anymore. <laughs> he kind of stalks to the front of the group, like in front of Tomok, and he's like, no, he's done. He's done. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tomok has been watching this whole thing and like kind of laughing to himself because he, he's, he's jolly. <laughs> Does he look like Santa Claus? No, he doesn't look like Santa Claus. That's too bad. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good actor to, to... I just recently saw a picture of current Sean Bean, who's about 50. And he looks a bit like that, but happier. Oh, geez, now I need to look up current Sean Bean. <laughs> he looks a little rough, to be honest. I will. Sean Bean looks a little rough these days. He hasn't aged as well as he should have. But he smokes a lot. Oh, that's true, he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you guys continue along the boulevard to the castle for another 20-ish minutes until in front of you is another wall. This one is 10 feet high with an imposing set of iron-studded wooden doors. Guards look down from you atop the wall, and you can tell they are guards, not watch people. Uh, the watch, all of the watch that you have met has worn some sort of, like, leather armor aside from the two sergeants that you've met which had an actual proper breastplate but that was it these are in um some of them are in chain mail some of them have kind of a breastplate over chain mail but they're all wearing kind of like nice polished actual armor i feel 
feel like his slide into looking really terrible happened really quickly. Well, when you <laughs> die in the Game of Thrones, that's about that. God, it's... Ugh, bless his heart. Anyway, one of the guards calls down from you from the top of the wall. What's your business with the monarch? And Tomok answers before any of you can. Uh, we're here to see the advisor, actually. We've been summoned, uh, just back from the mine. Uh, he'll be expecting us, he summoned us. And the guard's like, wait there. And disappears for a moment. And you wait for four or five minutes. Kind of an awkward silence. Just taking it all in. And beyond the gate, you can see the parapets of the castle made of gray stone. Round and a bit inelegant compared to the manors that you just passed. Uh, there are windows that you can see with real glass, but they're small, defensible. They are clearly made to let in light and not for beauty. And you get the sense that this castle is much, much older than most of the other buildings in this district. The flag of Varenton flaps in the breeze, blue and gold, with a sea serpent curling around a crown. Finally, you hear the clank of chains and scrape of metal as the doors slowly open, just wide enough to let you in. A guard in chainmail escorts you from the entrance to the gatehouse. By itself, the gatehouse would be more than enough room to, for a family to live in, two stories with a chimney and real windows. The guard up opens the door and ushers you inside to a dim sitting room. I love all these There's... real windows as opposed to the imaginary windows that the poor people have. <laughs> they just like draw pictures to, like... of the outside, unhang them on their wall, and they're like, this is my window. Glass is precious is really all <laughs> that you should it. be taking away from this. <laughs> they had windows. They just didn't have glass on them. Just like a big hole in the wall. There yeah. was just a bunch of bugs coming in and out. <laughs> That's how windows used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the sitting room, there's still a fire smoldering in the grate, which helps take the chill out of the room. You can tell it hasn't really warmed up because the sun hasn't really hit it yet. Um, a clerk behind the desk, which is a halfling woman with cop bright copper hair and a pair of spectacles, push uh, jumps up. She pushes her spectacles up her nose as she looks at all of you. Uh, 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 from the mine, um, we've been expecting you. Come here, just, just one moment, have a seat. And you can have a seat in all of the like there's a couple couches and chairs and all of that are any of and these chairs built to handle a loxodon we'll find out if she sits down <laughs> oh i'm sitting we've been walking a long time you guys have walked a very long time at this point you guys have probably walked for about five hours with minor breaks in between yeah i'm definitely sitting all right roll me a strength check the halfling disappears behind another door that you can see. Well, I rolled a three. My strength modifier is a one, so that's a four. In good news, you have chosen a very sturdy chair. It rolled a 16. Oh, excellent. It kind of squeaks as you get into it, but it takes your weight very well. Eventually, she just after a moment, she pops back out from behind the door and she gestures to... Uh, Tomak and Jeremy, and she goes, two at a time, if you please. And they head into the office behind her. She shuts the door behind them and goes back to her desk, intently copying notes onto a piece of paper. What do you guys wish to do? Um, 
I I want to see what she's uh, what she's copying down. So I'm gonna kind of sidle over to the desk and uh, you know work some of my charm, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Be like, hey there. Now, uh, it's uh, how long have you been uh, how long have you been working for the advisor? Well, um, uh, uh, she kind of like looks up at you and she like doesn't really know what to to say. She's not used to people talking to her, and she's just like, I mean, I've been I've been working here at the castle for for um. Several, several years, uh, 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 you know, we may way up the food chain. <laughs> well, you must be an incredibly capable woman. I'm going to interrupt real quick and ask if there's a bathroom I can use. <laughs> like, I have a reason. In, in the game, not like... Yes, in the, in the in game. game. I, game in the bathroom. game, I'm interrupted. Is there a bathroom I can use? Um, yeah, uh, down, down the hole and um, through the door on the right. On the right. Okay, so if I go out in the hallway, are there people around? Uh, you, well, so in the sitting room, there is still the guard that escorted you in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hall is not like through a door or anything like that. It's just a hall. So you can still see the guard from the, who's in the sitting room. But you are like, if you go down towards the bathroom door, you're about 10 feet away. Okay. 15 feet away from him. At what point am I out of everybody's eyesight? If you'd go through the door to the bathroom, you'd be okay. out of everybody. Then I'm going through the door to the bathroom, and I'm turning into a spider again. Okie dokie. A little spider or a big spider? A little spider. I want to crawl into the room where everybody is getting debriefed and find out why we're here. So uh, you turn into a spider and skitter your way back across the ceiling or floor, whatever you feel like. I feel like it's less likely that I will be stomped on if I hit the ceiling. Go for it. So you skitter your way back across the ceiling and into the room, and you have uh, a weird, um, it's weird watching all of your friends with spider eyes. And, um, but you manage easily enough to slip through the crack uh, in the office door. And uh, I need you to roll a stealth check for me with spider stats. To look and see what the stealth stats are with the spider. Hang on just a second. Sorry, I totally forgot to pull up my uh, normal druidy page that I usually have up. Stealth oh God, is God. dex? Yes. Okay. And you may be proficient in it, but I, I think spiders are proficient. I'll give you a proficient. Oh, yeah, proficiency. it's still, it's plus four to stealth. Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I rolled a 19. Shit. So it's you a 23. Are literally a spider on the wall. Excellent. No one notices you at all. Excellent. So, Katrin, why didn't we see you in Into the Spider-Verse? Um, because they cut out all of my scenes. Oh. <laughs> you ended up on I the guess they fa- they thought that... John Mulaney was funnier than me as a pig, and they didn't want to have two animals. Ah, I see. So they I kept see. the pig. Wow. Well. <laughs> well, in the office, you see kind of Talmach and Jeremy um, standing at ease style in front of the advisor's desk. Go ahead and make a perception check for me. All right. And that's okay. That's with my stats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you keep wisdom and intelligence, I believe. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a two. So, seven. Uh, My passive perception is higher than that, though. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, but you are actively looking around. So I'll just wouldn't be a pa- passive situation. Oh my god. However, Why? there's a couple things you do notice. Um, you are in the room, so you can kind of hear, uh, you can hear the advisor speaking to them. Tell me what you were doing there. And uh, Jeremy looks a little cowed by his presence. And uh, Talmog begins the spiel of how they decided that they needed to go down. And they like heard from Marvin that you guys were all down there. And so they put together a little search party. And they wanted to make sure everybody was safe and all of that. And um, it was really weird. And it didn't look like a mine. And at this, the advisor kind of nods. And you can see him kind of fish around in his... Um, uh, robes and he pulls something out but you can't see it because you have positioned yourself a little bit too far behind Talmok and Jeremy with the angle is bad to see the advisor I need you to make a wisdom saving throw oh shit oh man episode 9 just wrapped up there and I can't wait till you guys hear episode 10 because I know what happens, obviously. Spoiler, we record these pretty, pretty far in advance. Anyway, as usual, I need to say some thank yous. So big thank you to Cajun Anna's Cat Ranch, who performed and recorded our theme song for us. We love it so much. Um, as always, I need to thank, say thank you to Mike Fail for kind of being a creative sounding board. And this episode, we have a very special thank you to my friend LJ, who helped me get some historical references for the castle and Lord Soros's house. As always, I need to say thank you to my players. Uh, you can find Marin on Twitter at Marinish. You can find Babs on Twitter at Hockey Babbler. And you can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Novit. And of course, you can find me on Twitter too. I'm at Classlicity. And you can find our official podcast Twitter at Mirth Misadvent. And you can tweet about the show using the hashtag MirthPod. If you have theories, we'd love to hear them. Please, please, if you like the show, leave us a nice review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. There's so many of them out there these days. Um, and if you enjoy this podcast, you might enjoy some of the other ones we do. So uh, Marin and I do a hockey podcast called Deep in the Heart of Hockey. And we I also do a cozy mystery review show with my friend Sabrina, who has one of the best voices in podcasts. Until next time, may your dice be as kind to you as you are to others.